What up, Carson? Saint Juan. What up, my dude? What's up? Wait a minute, is this sideways for y'all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, all good. Man. No, you had it right the first time. Oh, I had it right? Okay. Yeah, all you right. had it right. There we go. You <laughs> <laughs> tell it's my first time doing this. <laughs> so, all right, so whoever does not know, which is usually people that do not train with me here, uh, this is Santuan Stanley, owner, operator, next level fit, um, USAW strength coach, former mm -hmm. D1 athlete, um, worked at multiple D1 schools, uh, and I will we'll let you take it off and kind of give them your spiel on how you got started and uh, your current business venture right now. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, like I said, my name is Santuan Stanley. Uh, uh, former D1 athlete at Coastal, as you can tell. Uh, this is actually one of the old football polos. Uh, was a player, coach there with um, under the staff of Coach Bennett um, back in the good old days. <laughs> um, the blue-collar days, I should say. Uh, but anyway, uh, so from there, I was trying to kind of figure out what I wanted to do, you know, how like, you get to your – I was, I knew I wasn't going to go pro or anything like that. So it was like – uh uh, trying to go into the coaching world. and But I was coaching on the field, actually, at first. I was coaching on the football field, uh, coaching with linebackers, coaching with the um, the safeties, the corners. And then when that staff got let go, I was like, crap, these jobs go really fast. Like, they go, you know, this, there's nothing that's, like, really – I mean, it's stable, but at the same time, it's not that stable if they want you out. So yeah. – um, I was like, all right, well, I wanted to be an athletic trainer. And then I was like, you know what? Nope, I don't want to wrap ankles. Um, <laughs> so then I went the strength conditioning route because I was always – I love the weight room. I love, you know, the aspect of it. I liked how it transferred to the field, uh, especially with me. I was always injury prone. So I stayed in the weight room, stayed in the athletic training room, um, trying to, you know, stay healthy and all that other stuff. So, But I interned with – at the time was uh, Coach Stoner, um, Josh Stoner, who was a strength coach at Mizzou um, under Dr. Pat Ivey. Uh, he's been several different places. Uh, now is at Stephen F. Austin. Um, learned a lot about strength conditioning. At first, you know, going into it, I was just thinking, you know, it's just make up some workouts, you know, make people big, strong, fast uh, type deal, you know, make sure they're lean, all that type of stuff, uh, depending on what the sport was. Um, but he actually showed me there's a science that goes with it. Um, this, uh, this, you know, just broadened my whole horizon when it came to it. And, and not just him, that whole staff as well, too, because it was that staff was all about learning and making sure you're better and not making sure you're doing lateral moves. You're always going up no matter what next job you take, um, either if it was a bigger school or in my case, you know, work for yourself um, from there. I was a GA. So I was a graduate assistant at Georgia Southern which now is actually a conflict of interest type deal because now they're in the same conference. So being, I'm, I'm an alma mater, my, both of them are my alma maters. And at the same time, they're in the same conference on the same side at that too. So like <laughs> they, so when it comes to like the, uh, trying to win the East or the Sun Belt, like they're always going to compete against each other. 
Um, and so I was there. Uh, actually started out with a coach. Uh, coach Melton was my boss at, uh, when I first started. And then a uh, new coach came in. Um, and then Coach Spe- uh, Cal Spear um, was my boss at that time uh, whenever I finished out. Uh, I learned even more stuff with him, you know, going to different conferences, going to the um, NSCA conference, going to the CSCCA conference, that type of stuff. So, um, which, I mean, NSCA is like, so your certification with the CSCS, so the National yep. Strength Strength and Conditioning Association. Then the CSCCA is the College Strength and Conditioning Coaches Association. So, um, so learned, learned a lot from very different uh, strength coaches all over the place. Um, got some different people to piggyback off of, met Ron McKeefrey, Joe Ken, um, you know, just to name a couple of these big time names, you know, a lot of different master strength coaches. Um, so I got a really good foundation. And then from being finishing my graduate assistant, looking for a job, looking for a job, went back to coastal, uh, worked with the athletes that were in transition to get ready for pro day. Um, for all the football athletes that were getting ready for pro day. And then from there, um, some of the staff members that was at Coastal at the time, we built Myrtle Beach High Performance Center, which was just a training facility. Uh, we we designed it to uh, at first to be – we was going to just uh, coach the athlete side, and there was another coach that was going to do boot camps and stuff like that out of there because we kind of merged, like, two companies together. Um, but then that – that changed up and then we started and then I found the love for training everyday people you know then just training uh athletes because I found out that some people really just want to train like an athlete um they may you know they may never been an athlete before or they uh they were an athlete but that's the type of training that they still want to do but they don't want to do crossfit they don't technically want to do powerlifting or olympic weightlifting because they're not going to compete in it but they still want to do that super total style training um, yeah. So grew to love, uh, love and learn to work with everyday nine to five people. And then from there, um, we kind of shut uh, Myrtle Beach High Performance Center down. Uh, ten, well, I guess this past October, October um, of 2019. And then I opened up Next Level Fit, what I have now, um, in December of 2019. So, I mean, I can say that's been a wild ride. Uh, I haven't been with you for the majority of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, I mean, in, with the start, I kind of went through the same thing, you know, constantly being injured, something, being in a PT room, you know, office of some kind, rehabbing. And, right. you know, I, I found, I found kind of the same route because I wanted to go to Springfield College for AT and then got bumped out of that because there was a wait list. And then it was going to be it was a hard uh, school to get into. <laughs> yeah. And then there's X science. And then I ended up, you know, going and get my BS in exercise science and then getting my master's in rehab sciences. And so, you know, took kind of the same route, just a little bit different. Um, we'll say in result and kind of, kind of a little bit, little bit different in the middle. Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, my my like training style, kind of like how you know you were talking about doing the everyday athlete. Um, at least the mindset is, you know, I'm more of the everyday athlete, like the you know the actual athlete. And my right. you know, my my mindset's flipped compared to yours, which is I think fun working together because we get to I get to bounce ideas off of you all right, the yeah. time, and it's awesome to see that because you know there's plenty of times where I'm training um, mainly volleyball athletes. 
and the times that you might have classes or you have the um, Olympic weightlifters come in. And then, right. you know, I'm looking at a movement and I go, hey, uh, San Juan. And there's usually some kind of joke or something. And uh, <laughs> then it's, hey, you know, what do you think about incorporating this into this or um, this for a plyo movement? And then, you know, it's that for me has always been the fun aspect of our jobs. Yeah. It's always fun to bounce ideas off of because there's a lot of things that you may have learned or versus what I have learned. And then we can kind of put it together um, or something I've never even seen before or even thought of that you see. Um, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's try it. You know, so it's always good to, um, you know, always keep evolving rather than, you know, sticking like I'm I'm big on, you know, sticking to the basics. But at the same time, I do leave wiggle room for, you know, something sometimes the basics don't like stick with certain people. So you have to change it up a little bit and then they'll get to it. Yeah. So what what are your like uh, day-to-day routines, like duties, kind of what's your, it's an average day in next level fit. <laughs> if we Let's call see. it average. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to think, I was like, huh, what's an average day right now? <laughs> but no, uh, but usually, uh, okay. So before pre-corona, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before Corona, uh, you know, uh, it's an early start. So uh, my first class is at 515. And, um, you know, so it's an early start, you know, getting getting there around like five o'clock uh, to set up for whatever equipment I may need, the bands, you know, um, dumbbells in a certain spot. Maybe I need step up boxes, all that type of stuff. So uh, just, you know, first class there, I got my classes in the morning. By the time 10 o'clock rolls around, I'm starting to get uh, some of the people that, uh, train underneath me for um, powerlifting or Olympic weightlifting, and as well as uh, you know, I have open gym people, so they are people that just come in. So it's kind of just like, cause you know, it's a constant construction, you know, or not construction, but uh, you know, making sure everybody's doing the right thing, making sure everybody's yeah. safe, um, you know, as well as I mean, even when you come in with uh, your clients when you're doing personal training, um, obviously we're still talking about the morning. So like when you're doing personal training or when I'm doing personal training, it's just it's just as constant, like making sure everybody's safe. The the biggest thing that we do is, you know, making sure um, it's injury prevention. Um, so, you know, like I said, it's an early start. You go through cl- my classes are like 45 to an hour, depending on what kind of day it is. If it's cardio, obviously it's going to be like 45 minutes. If it's strength days, they can take a little bit longer. They can be an hour, hour 15. Um, and then uh, usually with, if I can get a break time in between there, I start actually working on business stuff. So checking emails, um, looking at what's out there as far as uh, what could make the business better, um, what I'm doing right now, making sure I'm falling in line with the things that I need to do. Um, everything that I pretty much do as far as like training wise is programmed a certain way. So I'm always constantly looking at that training program, making sure we're in, we're on time with the way that it needs to be, like when they're ready, getting ready to max out. Or if I saw a couple of things the previous week that I need to tweak going in, you know, to the next week, um, obviously if something's not working, it needs to leave or I need to modify it or, you know, uh, go back to uh, break it back down to a different progression um, so that, you know, the people actually understand it. Uh, you know, the, the best thing about this is, is like, I can kind of train people. I, I still kind of like program my stuff, like uh, getting ready for like an off season or preseason type deal. Um, so it kind of, there's, times of the years where I can load people more. So like during the fall, I load people more because everybody's getting ready for Christmas and all that type of stuff. 
during the summer. All that downtime. Like, yeah, they have more downtime. And during during the summertime, I kind of load in the beginning, and then I take it off towards the end because a lot of people start going on vacations uh, mm-hmm. almost like July time. And then during the spring, you know, you know, I try to push everybody to like, that's why I have all of my classes in the mornings because I try to push everybody in the mornings because I know once, if it's nice out, I'm not going to see anybody in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're going to the beach, they're going to the pools, what have you. So I kind of have to construct my, uh, my workouts to, you know, fall in line with the seasons, make sure everybody's uh, doing good, making sure that is leveled out so they're not feeling like they're overloaded all the time. Um, and then, like I said, I had to throw some business stuff in there. Maybe I'm in conversations with my business partners on, you know, whatever we need to do with marketing uh, because we do a lot of stuff through Facebook, a lot of stuff through Instagram um, and Google my business, which is completely new to me altogether. So like that's a, is is a lot, is a lot of hands-on marketing, you know, grunt work. You know, pa- even passing out flyers. Like I had my interns helping me out pass out flyers. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot of yeah, a lot I of mean, stuff and, nonstop. <laughs> I've, and I've been with you for for you know sometimes where it's twelve, fourteen, sixteen hours where yes, you know we'll see each other at like six in the morning, or I'll, like mm-hmm. I'll come in to train or something myself, and you're like, oh yeah, we just we're we're uh, finishing class right now, or uh, I'm just getting ready for the next one, and then I'll leave at like seven thirty, eight o'clock, come back at god i don't know three three or four yeah. and then do my training until 8 p.m with my clients and then you know usually by like five or six you're leaving and yeah oh yeah if not earlier hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. you know uh, the i mean just the stuff that i just listed like that's literally from five fifteen to 12 o'clock that's not even like a full day i was just only talking about the morning half yeah <laughs> and then you know try to go home for lunch and then like afternoons afternoons are more laid back because like i mean like you said um usually you're training with your volleyball athletes or you're training yourself. I'm usually training. I have weightlifters in there that are training. And then I'm, I'm tired. I'm like, you know, six, seven <laughs> o'clock. I'm like, Hey, who else wants to lock up today? I'm out. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's definitely a fun environment. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's the biggest, I think that's one of the bigger factors for like success is, you know, what, what is it like when you walk in? And I, I think it's usually controlled by who who gets the music. Um, yeah, <laughs> whoever music gets is the, a big thing. Whoever music gets the uh, Bluetooth uh, is usually the one that's uh, jumping around, um, head banging, dancing, something. Um, if it's Lester, Lester, if you're watching this, uh, if it's Lester, it's usually uh, a six foot six guy dancing around, uh, screaming at somebody to <laughs> squat lower. Um, and to stop doing half reps, but yes. it's um, it's definitely been an experience for Very, sure. Uh, the one good thing that uh, that I can say that we've definitely been good at is making sure that there's high energy at all times, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even like when we're having downtime, when it's just the coaches in there or the interns and the coaches, you know, we're just we're still cutting up, we're still learning, but we you know mm-hmm. we're. It's never feeling like, oh man, it's dragging, you know. Like the day goes by pretty fast. Um so we're just always, you know, high energy. What are your long term plans for next level fit? Like do you plan to stay there? Do you do you plan to expand? Are you trying to like what are you trying to add on? Um let's see, you know, some some things kinda got uh laid back a little bit, but um Definitely, we're going to stay in the same location for a while. 
for sure. Um, at least two, two to three years, um, say the least. Um, but I want to expand Next Level Fit to where it's a bigger facility um, because I still, I still, um, I still see the need for the the young athletes that are in the area um, that need to understand how to train. Um, they need to understand, you know, why training is so important because if they do make it to the next level, there's no getting out of weightlifting. Now, depending on what level you train at, maybe, but usually, you know, everybody's dream is to go D1. So if your dream is to go D1, you're going to weight train. I mean, all, even the cheerleaders weight train, like if you want to think about it. Um, mm -hmm. Even when I was at Georgia Southern, people didn't think about it, uh, like my swim and dive team, they trained. Um, you know, and they was cleaning, they was snatching, they was doing, well, dumbbell snatching, not barbell, but they was, you know, squatting, benching, all that type of stuff. So every sport, if you're sanctioned by NCAA, you're probably going to be in the weight room, depending mm -hmm. on the school, cross country, no matter what, um, because muscle is a big thing. A lot of people, uh, you know, give strength and condition a bad name because they only think, because most of the time, you know, strength and conditioning coaches at the college level are, are, you know, the old school jocks, they're, you know, the big guys or, um, the females that were always uh, big time in the lifting and stuff like that. But if there are good strength coaches, they understand that they're only training the sport for a certain specific need for that sport. Mm. Um, I know a lot of times the sport specific training gets thrown around there, but that's, that's the type of thing that I want to see next level fit go to um, is to make it like almost like a sports Academy where you have your nine to five people. Um, even if we sanction it, if, the biggest goal would be to make it where it's a couple of different floors. You know, you have your nine to five people on one floor, you have your athletes on another floor because a lot of times we need different, we need more room, especially if we're doing conditioning stuff mm -hmm. and to have a field indoor is very beneficial for us because I mean, when it rains and all that, especially being in South Carolina during the summertime, you know, it's going to rain almost every single day and you're, and you're trying to make sure like, okay, like they need a condition. They need to do this. They need to get them ready for their season. So, the biggest goal is to make it like, you know, say like an IMG Academy without the school in the process. That is, yeah. that was the goal with uh, Murder Beach High Performance Center. And that's still my goal with Next Level Fit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know, I know me and you have talked about that a lot with mm -hmm. trying to put in, you know, any kind of multi-sport style facility to keep that range open. I mean, right. it's, I know there's there's actually someone else I'm going to have on here too. His name's Reed Hall, um, and I, I know we've talked about him a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, owns Athlete Matrix and runs something very similar to that, and it is something that I think would be awesome to see. And is probably besides being stressful with it being that big, is probably a huge joy. And I mean, you get to run around and do whatever you want inside in your own field. Yeah. I mean, as a, I mean, and, and it sounds stupid because we're, we're basically like giant children and yeah. you know, you're, you're like, okay, well we have sleds. You have sleds. You're like, yeah, we throw like, you know, 200 pounds on them and run around with them because we're, you know, strong and we're stupid. So, you know, we're <laughs> going to do fun, stupid things when we can. And I think that's, that's another joy of it is yeah. what, if anyone pays attention, please go follow next level fit. Um, on social media, uh, if you look for their Thursday night shenanigans, um, that will perfectly describe what I'm talking about. Um, and it's funny y'all kept that name. 
I said I said that uh, because I actually wasn't even there that first afternoon. I'm like, this is what y'all do when I'm not here. And I called it Thursday night shenanigans. And it's like y'all like throwing tennis balls and chasing or pushing a sled <laughs> that you can't even push. Like, <laughs> So, um, I mean, and that's the other thing. Our, our, our profession is still about having fun. I mean, you know, yeah. we're still doing complex movements, but I mean, we're, we're making it enjoyable. I mean, we're, we're still joking. Like, you know, like you said, we're cutting up here and there. Um, with like, with all of that, um, I know with your interns, obviously the majority of them aren't certified or if they are, they're, you know, um, pre-board certified, um, whether right. it's like a, it's usually like a NASM, you know, where yeah. you can get your uh, personal training certification before you graduate. Um, now coming from a strength coach and business owner, I know you, whenever you look to hire somebody near future have in the past, um, Explain the difference between what I will call like these fly by night trainers now, you know, and I know me and you have compared this before where it comes to like some of these that I've never heard until I got down here, like IFA, IFAA, ISSA to all the way to, um, I will say some of the more reputable ones like ACE, NASM, and then you've got your NSCA, uh, USAW, um, and what I've always been told as the gold standard is CSCS. Yes. So um, just kind of go in, like, it doesn't have to be too detailed, but um, whenever, whenever people are going to find a trainer, um, what would you tell them? Um, I would always, you know, I, I, you know, not to go too detailed because I hate to always point people out as far as, because I mean, like if you got a credible certification you got a credible certification but i always want to know what's up here um because a lot of these certifications you and nothing against i have a lot of friends that you know got the nasa or whatever but um the whole getting a certification online and studying while you're at home and probably having the book open you know like it's almost like an open book test so like i said nothing against them because i mean like there's i've actually walked through the NASM uh, certification with uh, one of my uh, former interns slash colleagues and I was watching him do it. And I'm like, okay, I give NASM a little bit more credit because mm -hmm. it is really extensive on their certifications and they have very, they have a lot of different steps uh, before I think, you know, people used to laugh at it and be like, oh, it's just a NASM certification. But, um, but, you know, they, that one actually is good. But like you said, the CSCS is a gold standard. I, I don't have it myself. Um, <laughs> it's a hard test to take. Uh, I uh, I tried to take it when I was an intern and stuff like that. And then actually when I started going into business on my own, I stuck with my USAW and my USAPL because kind of like I needed a certification. But at the same time, with having a private facility and what I do, the CSCS was no longer like a guideline to have. Mm -hmm. um, I still am probably going to take it, though. Um, but it was just to add more letters behind my name. <laughs> but um but the uh when i'm going to hire somebody i'm i'm looking you know i'm looking if they got the CSCS, if they got the usaw because even the usaw even though it is a two-day course like this it's not that easy of a certification to get like you have to understand how to do these movements um like i'm gonna like i have my level one i'm gonna do my level two so i can run my own usaw meets i have my usapl the usapl is not really that bad um, to take, but I, I have that one because I do have power lifters that I train 
and mm-hmm. I'm a club coach. So you have to have those certain type things to, um, you know, validate that you're a club coach and um, that I can take people to meets and that type of stuff. Um, yeah. So uh, pretty much, I mean, you know, just make sure the certification is credible, first of all. Um, you know, all these, you, uh, we joke about it all the time when we hear the, pa- uh, the Pandora uh, commercial, without, you become a personal trainer <laughs> in three weeks, kind of, you know, and, and everybody can't be a uh, personal trainer. Um, right. Everybody that has a certification don't know how to train. So that's why I said it, it all counts to what this person knows over here. Like, I, even with my interns, when I'm interviewing them, I'm asking them questions. I'm just like, you know, flying, like, what do you, what would you do about this? What? What do you, what's a modification if somebody has an injury here? You know, I want to know what you know. Like, do you, did you really pay attention in class? No. Did you really study for a certification or are you studying for a certification uh, depending on the, the case um, being? But um, certification is a big deal. Like, that's the no. biggest thing. I'm never no. going to make a next level fit certification because I want people to have more of a credible certification that's mm-hmm. worldwide. So I, you know, I'm always big on pushing people to do more rather than stay where they're at. So eventually you're going to leave next level fit. So you need a real certification. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's my biggest thing. It's just, you know, making sure. And also too, it, it gives you credit uh, credibility as a coach and insurance that you're not going to go jack somebody up. Like you, it, now, I know some people probably don't care about that type of stuff, but, you know, it does help in the long run, you know, mm-hmm. because injuries are going to happen. But, yeah. you know, you don't want to be sitting there and then, like, you get somebody hurt and then you're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> and, so. I mean, there's there's been – I mean, before I came down to Myrtle Beach, I mean, lived just south of Pittsburgh. I worked in L.A. Fitness for about six, seven months. And I walked in with – I was the only other person that had CSCS was the director. I mean, the moment I walked in, me and him just started talking. So it was easy. I knew what I was doing. But mm-hmm. then, you know, I'm walking around Shadow and seeing how they run their, their scheme and everything, which, you know, you still got to get used to it. And I'm going to tell everyone watching, you, you want to appreciate your job as a trainer or if you want to get into this, go work, go work in a commercial gym. You'll never want to do it again because right. the it's – I'm not going to say it's not the intelligence level. It's the competency and the basic understanding of just movement that people don't understand. And I will always remember the guy I was with. He was training somebody. We got to talking about our backgrounds. He said, you know, I I didn't spend $1,500 on this certification in six months of my time to to let it go to waste. And I just went, okay. I said, yeah, I spent six years of my life and about $60,000 in debt. And he goes, oh, all right. Yeah. And that was roughly the last time I had a conversation with the guy. And, you know, it's one of those things you don't want to be mean about it. But that's another thing, certain things. And just like you said, the NASM and people have CPTs. There are some brilliant minds that have CPTs. And it's just you, you have to take it, I think case by case yes um and it's and also too like there's some people that like um you have to watch some people and i know like some people love this type of stuff especially you know it was a big deal right now with everybody going online some people that have these certifications only specialize in certain things like they only mm-hmm. sell certain style packages i am never going to sell a booty pump package 
<laughs> I'm going to sell, you know, I'm not that type of, I'm not that type of person. I'm not going to sell those type of things, you know. Um, but I will say, like, if that's what you look for, you know, make it's sure it's very incredible. linear and there's only, it's, it's black yes. and white. I mean, it's, it's right. you know, some people are only going to train. Yeah. Some people are only going to train you the way that they train themselves. And I'm not that type of person. Yes, I do add Olympic lifts in there, but I, I do that because it's a total body movement and it's going to make you more explosive. So, so, I mean, just, just to go on that, um, I have one that I thought about. Um, so does, you know, everyone talks about training like functional movements. I, I know a few years back, it was a huge wave coming into fitness. Um, you know, uh, we do nothing but functional movements. That's how we, that's how you stay, you know, fit and all this. Um, does functionality always equal sustainability? Um, that's a hard one. <laughs> Uh, I would say I'm going I'm, I'm to do it this way. I'm going to say yes. The reason why is um, because if you, if you do it the right way. So functional movement is pretty much the way your body moves, okay, when you think about it. So if, we, if I'm very biomechanic bound, so everything is about the movement of the body. So I'm going to make sure I train you functionally so that you can do everyday things mm-hmm. and you can do everyday things better. I'm not going to do so much of ISO style movements because, uh, you know, obviously I don't want you walking around here looking like an upside down triangle or, you know, you're a T-Rex or, you know, or you only have big calves. And, you know, if you do, that's a great thing. But, I mean, functional movement is the best type of stuff because, I mean, like when you get older, the older you get, the stiffer you get. Mm. So you have to be able to function. You have to be able to move properly. Um and that's, I mean, th- that's actually in part of my philosophy. You know, we do functional style training with uh, multi-joint, you know, multi-joint movements with uh, with emphasis on Olympic lifts. So, yeah, I mean, I think how the way I came about that and how I kind of I'm going to, you know, kind of go off of what you're saying is whenever I was dealing with older clients, I'm talking, you know, 60 and up. I mean, we've all had those phases where you end up training way out of your demographic. Right. And I always did, um, if you can't squat with something, pick something up or push something over your head, there is an injury that has happened or something that will happen. So those three movements I've always found as my screening. Like whenever I start, even with athletes, it's always first day is, all right, we're going to learn how to squat. Second day, we're going to learn how to deadlift. Third day, we're going to learn how to push press usually. Um, and try and do it all with the bar. I mean, and it gets that, that fear out of the way. It gets all of that comfortability starts to come in. So it is a very loaded question, but I think that's probably the easiest way to answer it. Yeah, because, I mean, like, it, when it comes to functional movement, I mean, like, like I said, like, if you can't do everyday type stuff you can't get out of the bed properly you can't walk up steps you can't mm-hmm. you know reach to the top shelf i mean i know you know height may be a factor in there as well too but the, all that type of stuff er, everyday life is functional everything yeah. that you do is functional so if your training is not to help you move better move properly um you know than the day before then you probably need to change up your style of training because i mean like you know, every every parent has told their kid, 
you know, every decade, something's going to change about your body. And it's true, you know, I'm at 30 now, so I'm like taking multivitamins and all this type of stuff. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I'm, I'm making sure that I can move properly. Yeah, there are some days that I'm really sore, like this morning type stuff, you know, but that's from my training. It's not from me yeah. not doing anything. Um, so it's just, you know, making sure you have to be functional. Yeah, that's easiest way to put it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, to now that we're, we're just going to keep going deeper and deeper with each mm-hmm. kind of each customer is going to build on it. Um, I know the biggest thing, biggest thing we joke about and the one thing I hate, but I will always give prop. I'm going to say this as a disclaimer. If you're, if you're doing something to better your health props, uh, it's another thing to do it incorrectly. So, yes. or we'll say recklessly and um, uninformed. So when it comes down to, and I'm going to, I know I have this written down and I want to make sure I say this right. Good. Um, the correlation between CrossFit and injury risk with uneducated professionals is, <laughs> I mean, me, me and you could talk for two, three hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, but to try and like sum it up, I mean, with me, it's, Shoulder risk is yep. through the roof. Um, knees are next. And I think the only reason that the back and the hips don't go first is just because there's more m- musculature around them. Um, yes. Usually with but, their type of movements, their their posterior chain is actually really strong because they do a lot of pulling. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's excessive to a certain degree, but that yeah, that is part of it. Yeah. Um, and it's – go ahead. No, no, no. I was, I mean, I was just going to say my one thing when it comes to CrossFit. Uh, CrossFit is not bad. Yeah. Put that out there. CrossFit is not bad. What is bad, just like you said, misinformed people that tried to coach it. Mm-hmm. The people that are on the CrossFit games, and if you follow them, they don't do CrossFit every single day. And most of the time, some of them do play the game a little bit. They only show you certain things of their lifts. Mm-hmm. I'm the type. I'm not the type of person. I'm only going to video certain parts of my lifts as well, too. That uh, the stuff that they show may have only been like a circuit, but there was probably more stuff to it throughout the whole day. Yeah, I know. Uh, say like uh, Matt Fraser did like a whole video one time, and he talks about all right. So I do conditioning one part, and then I do my Olympic lifting. Um, on another part, and then you know, then I do like say like GPP stuff, but obviously their GPP is way more advanced because they're going to do like um, you know I, they have all those different names, but like they're going to push uh, you know push a tire, they're going to you know drag a sled, they're going to drag a body, you know whatever else they have to get ready for the games. But you have to also remember these are like top of the line type athletes. Matt Fraser was a junior Olympian. In Olympic I weightlifting. Mean, and that's the thing. Like, these, these are the top 1%. That's mm-hmm. it. If that. If that. I mean, and then you yeah. have someone like, um, was it Tia Toomey? Who yeah. uh, was an Olympic weightlifter for Australia. Yeah. And, you know, I, I actually watched the 2019 women's uh, cleans uh, in the men's clean event. And she demolished that class. I mean, oh, yeah. from the first, from the very first poll you you kind of know it's over. And oh, yeah. Anyway, you have to build your you have to build up strength 
as well as capacity to even get to a certain percentage to do, I'm going to throw it out a number, say like they do like 12 reps where it's like a touch and go type of clean, but mm-hmm. your body has to be strong enough or and have the endurance to even do that type of deal. You can't just walk into a CrossFit gym one day and they're like, all right, we're going to do, I don't know, the, the frond or whatever it's called. And then they're, or we got 25 deadlifts and then right after you do deadlifts, you're going to do box jumps and then you're going to do cleans and then you do that, that, that. Like mm. every day, nine to five people, if you go work at a desk, that is not your job to do that many reps on <laughs> on a clean or like that's excessive. It, I mean, it's really excessive. I mean, when you think about like the the uh, the explosiveness of say, like you take a ball, just take a regular ball that bounces you bounce you take it as far off the ground and you bounce it as hard as you can you're probably going to get three good big bounces before it goes to really small bounces and mm-hmm. that's what you need to understand that's your that's your output after yeah. three you you have nothing left so like you, you have to train yourself that way i think that's a perfect way to put it too because you see you see so many people going full bore 100 percent, and you just i mean even personally i mean and if anyone doesn't know, this man writes my lifting program. Um, so professionals seek other professionals. Um, and I'll be honest, Olympic lifting was the weak part of my, uh, my background. So it was the main reason why I got into it. And even going through my lifts, you know, three to five days a week, you, you look at the sets and reps and you're like, oh, you know, four sets of three. Okay. And then when you start doing those movements, after those two sets, you go, hmm, well, yeah, this sucks. And then yeah. your, your mental game comes in. Now, don't get me wrong. The first, maybe the first lift, say on a Monday, I do snatches and then clean pulls and then back squat, which is what this week was. You know, snatches are, we'll say, moderately easy. The clean pulls, good. It's just a full 150% effort. Mm-hmm. That back squat comes through that first set. I want to die. Your back and is then, <laughs> and then my legs are like, no, we don't want to work, you know. And if your mind can't turn off in a way, you you psych yourself out so fast. And those guys, right. you know, mind you, they get blasted for their form because a lot of it is just subpar. But I'll give them on athleticism. I mean, that's that's my yeah. one big thing. And you they see, they are very athletic. Yeah, and you see. You see, the out of the one percent, you have the the top five percent out of that one percent. So you're talking a very small fraction that mm-hmm. are very fluid in their movements. And then you see the young ones, like they had last year. The girl was, I think, eighteen or nineteen, trying to do cleans, and she's catching the bar, standing straight up. Which for a lot of people, when you know watching this, athletes, um, you always try and catch in a front squat position on a clean. Um, as best you can it's you see the inexperience and yes. sometimes a lack of coaching yes and the the ones that are at the top you know they have olympic weightlifting coaches um you can see actually you can see a lot of them especially if they live in california they probably train under dave spitz with uh california strength which is mm-hmm. like you know one of the biggest olympic weightlifting training facilities in california um you know where that's where west kids is um, Chev and all and the other girls and Rob Blackwell and John North even came out of there back when Penley was the coach, um, Donishenko. But like, you have to train a certain way and make sure you have a good coach at that too. Like if 
Um, either that coach either is still Olympic weightlifting, say like I am, or that coach was already a big time Olympic weightlifter and he already got to where he's just coaching and he's wearing like whatever you call the dad shoes at this point, you know, the, yes. <laughs> the new bounces. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, that's my biggest thing. And not everybody that's, uh, you know, regular people, you know, that are doing, that go on the CrossFit gyms around here. Like, I'm not saying that everybody is doing bad because there are actually a lot of good people out there that do CrossFit, but they already had a athletic or a fitness style background yeah. that helped them get to this point. You know, if, the one thing I do commend, you know, CrossFit on is they got a lot of people off the couch and wanted them and they wanted to look like the people they saw on TV when they finally yeah. started showing CrossFit on TV. Um, but the only problem is, you know, there's just a lack of coaching because everybody was getting certified in CrossFit. Just, you know, maybe they just wanted a free membership at their CrossFit gym or whatever. Um, but they probably didn't. They probably knew how to do it themselves, but don't know how to coach it. So you yeah. end up with a lot of people hurt. Um I mean, to the point, I mean, I remember when, you know, like K-Tape was only something you could get at a physical therapy's office or mm-hmm. athletic training room. And then now you can buy it at Walmart. Like, it, you know, K-Tape is not a cool style to wear. Like, if you wearing that out in public, like, people just look at you like, oh, <laughs> like, you hurt yourself a lot. <laughs> and I'll speak from experience. You've seen me in there a couple weeks with a trap injury where mm-hmm. – like my right, like just the right side of my back. I got two two big strands on there. I mean, and that's it's not something I want to do, but yeah. it's it's support, and that's another thing. I mean, you know, there are injuries sometimes that happen with us that we they're not intended. Um, even with stretching, sometimes it takes you to sleep wrong. It and that sounds so old, but like it sounds like I'm old, but you sleep wrong or you get up and your body's not ready for just one little rotational movement or something and it's out or that muscle lets go and it doesn't fire. And it's, it can be scary. I mean, I've, I've been honest with my athletes before where they're like, Oh, you know, what's your scariest lift? And I was like, well, I mean, it depends. I mean, for me, the scariest one now is a back squat mm-hmm. and it's really, you get down in that hole and it's, you either get up or you better learn how to bail. Yeah. You know, it's, Jesus it's not, God. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Which being at home lifting by myself. Um, yeah. I gotta be cautious. I mean, even, even we do, I'll be honest. I mean, I've scared myself a couple times, but um, don't worry. I haven't killed myself, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but so to kind of like keep moving, um, what's your, you know, we kind of covered this. Um, What's your like a preferred athlete, preferred style of training? Um, I'll start with my preferred style of training. So um, my preferred style of training um, is Olympic weightlifting. Uh, that's what I kind of, uh, not kind of, that's what I do compete at uh, recreationally right now. Hopefully one day could hit a national stage. You know, obviously I started at a later time than most people do. Usually if, if you want to be nationally, you kind of like start in your teens and then work your way up or you start in your early twenties. Um, but I was still out there doing powerlifting and, you know, after, you know, coaching in the college sector and all that other stuff. Um, but Olympic weightlifting is, uh, my preferred style of training for myself. Um, wait, what was the other part of the question? Uh, like your, your preferred athlete or client. Oh, we'll say. uh, that's a tricky one because I mean, I, I like, uh, training all types of people that want to learn how to train. Um, mm-hmm. I've never really had a particular uh, sport 
that I love training more than the other. Obviously, yes, of course, I like being around football because there was more stuff involved with football when it came to training those athletes um, or even baseball, per se. But, like, I've always was the strength coach that was the assistant to those bigger sports, but I always had the smaller sports, say, like men's and women's tennis, cross-country, um, you know, like I mentioned, swim and dive earlier. Like, those sports love when they get that attention, too. So, like, any athlete – that wants to train and wants to be better, uh, wants to be the best athlete they can be. That's the type of athletes I love to train. Same thing with people. Um, you know, a lot of times I know it's hard to train. Training does suck, but you you have a goal. And, and I always tell my clients all the time, remember your why. Why did you yeah. start? Why did you come here? Why do you want to continue? And just focus on that part. Yes, it's going to get hard. Yes, you don't. You may not see the results as fast as you want to. But if you stick to it and, you know, maybe you have to tweak some things here and there. But the biggest thing for me is, like, you you want it more than I want you to want it. That's the type yeah. of people I like to train. So I actually got a question. <laughs> yeah. So I got a question from uh, was it Coach Gio Grassi. Uh, what's your biggest KPI um, – key performance indicator with your volleyball athletes and then I'll kind of we'll just flip it for you with um kind of what you did for college um okay. I know for me with volleyball it's usually there I mean if I if I kind of go outside of the box it's the it's the mental game but you know being able to learn but it's oh I say their their determination but if I look at straight performance um Oh, that's tough. Um, I would probably say their coordination, um, just with their movements, because if you if you can get clean footwork, then usually you can push the rest of it. At least, I mean, that's what I've seen with 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 the girls who are lighter than their feet or understand what the word acceleration means. Then they can move from point A to point B you know, as fast as their body allows them to. Right. So what would you, um, like, what would your KPI be with, oh, I'm trying to think. Um, we'll say football, just because I know you played in college. Um, let's see. Well, I mean, just like you said, you know, somebody that's willing to work, you know, obviously that's the first because I, I actually got really recently, I got really into the sports psych side of things um, and the mindset of people, you know, even watching uh, the last couple of weeks or watching the last dance with Michael Jordan, like the people that have that insight, that that killer instinct that I want to be the best that I can be, that mm -hmm. is a big time indicator. Like either they can pull a team with them or at some and even at some point they can even drag a team down to just depends yeah. on the type of person um or how they're using it um but usually i mean there's so many different indicators when it comes to um especially like with football like i was saying like there's you know uh there's so much stuff that we do uh you know obviously the weight room for instance you know you're looking at numbers um especially during the winter time you're looking at okay this is where they started say the previous season and you know uh, we're probably even looking at like Big South used to print out like their their numbers across the board as far as the positions, as far as like clean squats and stuff like that. What is kind of like a standard or what's the average 
amount. So that was like a like, all right, how are my linebackers close to this number? Are um, you know, my offensive linemen, are they squatting close to this number? Um, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously uh when I went to Georgia Southern, it was completely different. Um the strength was a a big part. It was it was a good thing. They had big legs, they were strong, but the one thing that Georgia Southern was always known for is being the runts of everybody. And that's how they got their six national championships. They were going to be faster than everybody. So, like mm-hmm. you were saying, like the coordination, we we drilled acceleration and deceleration. And I don't um and I mean like if you've seen anybody run a triple option offense, that was the biggest thing. The coaches were like, yes, I want them strong, but I don't want them that big because they have to run this triple option. So you know, forty times was a big deal. Um, the three cone test, you know, doing the eye test, five ten five was a big deal. Um, running the L drill was a big deal. How can they cut corners? Can they get in and out of a situation? Can they get around the cone and the drill fast enough? So it was always like, and you know, you have, sometimes you have a lot of raw athletes that you just, you check, you, you're coming out like the, especially like the freshman group, we will take them out and be like, all right, let's just, I don't care. I want to see what you can do yeah. type deal and just move. And then you go from there and you're like, all right, you know, they're raw but I can tweak this little thing and they can accelerate. So I'm going to turn on uh, commenting. We got a few people still in here. Um, if they got questions, uh, I'm just going to let them type them in. Um, and we can just keep talking while, while we're waiting. So, um, but yeah, it's, it, it, I've kind of bounced back and forth with, with a lot of that stuff with how the, uh, like how the athletics have changed with like, you know, newer technology or different styles, different techniques. And I mean, you've, you've watched my training change. I mean, I've, I've trained, I've changed how I've trained, I don't know, two, three times at least in the last year. And, you know, it's not about, it's not about saying, Oh, you know, that sucked. It was about, you know, I, this is working better. Yes. You know, and that's, that's, that's the bigger thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's always, I mean, that's always huge. And I mean, I want to say this to, I think you're one of the perfect people to have in here to, you know, kind of back me up on this is, or to add to this is I, I, we're in our thirties now and I'm still asking for help from you more or less on a daily basis when I'm in there or in it could be something so simple as I have one of my clients and I go, Hey, this is happening or she's doing this. Um, I need a second pair of eyes, you know, or saying uh, something is not, this isn't working for me. What do you, you know, say I should do or try. And that's a big comfort issue that people, I think, especially young professionals need to get over. Yeah. Always got to ask for help. I mean, like you're definitely just, especially if you're just starting out, you're not going to know everything. There are people out there that definitely know way more than I know, way more than, you know, you know, or way more than what we know combined. Um, I'm always reaching out to – that was one good thing that I liked about meeting all these different strength coaches at these conferences because I always reach out to them. If they post something, um, one guy, uh, Coach, uh, Coach D at Citadel, I mean, incredible mind when it comes to strength and conditioning. Um, and just the things that he did, he did things very differently. And if you – Obviously, because uh, it's a military school, so those guys can't get, like, super big. They mm-hmm. have to stay in their regiments of military style. 
They have to be, yeah. you know, they have to be lean. They have to be, um, they still have to be fast. They have to, you know, still be strong. Um, and I learned a lot actually from these uh, strength coaches that coach at uh, military schools. Like actually Tim Karen was at Army West Point. Now he owns Allegiant Gym that he is pretty much like next level fit, but they're in California. And they showed me completely different mindset on how to train athletes. You know, for the longest time, um, it was always like, get them the biggest you can get them, get them the strongest. But no, like an athlete can be very lean, strong, and stronger than the person that's bigger than them. Mm-hmm. You know, get them more explosive. Um, the more I started learning more about Olympic weightlifting, the more I started adding it into my athletic stuff because to keep, you know, to keep uh, athletes explosive, to keep their legs strong, they don't always constantly just need to just squat, 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 you know, or bench, deadlift, all that type of stuff. I mean, like they, you can pretty much get all that done if you just do a full clean from the ground. Mm. So it, it's just, it's just a different way of thinking about different things, different way you think about their programming. Uh, if you want to, you do, even if you want to do conjugate method, there's a lot of strength coaches out there that don't really load their athletes a whole lot. They really work on dynamic effort style stuff with mm-hmm. chains and bands rather than, and, and and actually in the long run, it actually saves athletes to a certain degree because you're not constantly loading a young night, uh, 18 to 21 year old with so much weight all the single, all, all the time, every time they come in the weight yeah. room, there's a phase where they'll go through bands and chains. And then there's a phase where they actually will do max effort. But like, that's what I was talking about. Like earlier, like during the different seasons, you have to change the style of training to match, you know, just keep the body going full yeah. speed. Yeah. And it's, it's not about, you know, to like try and combat one of these fitness myths. I know you guys have actually talked about um, on your podcast um, is, you know, trying to confuse the body doesn't mean, you have to confuse the body for you to continue just because you train differently. Like you said, going through a phase with bands, then you go to max effort. Doesn't mean you have to do that every week or every other week to in order, in order to kind of start peaking. And then you have the, you know, that constant two steps forward, one step back, or, um, well, that's, we'll say two steps up, one step forward and down. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And is you're still progressing, undulating there, man, yeah. blanked, um, where, you know, you take a step back while you're still moving forward. And it's not a constant damage, damage, you know, slamming your spine or loading and constant, you know, impact. And it's, it's nice. It, it's nice to have people understand that. I mean, yeah. I know I, I try and do that with my athletes and especially, I think it's hard with young athletes and I'm talking I'm not talking seven, eight years old where, you know, it's more middle school just to get them to understand, you know, just when you go in the weight room doesn't mean you have to, Oh, I, you only benched, you know, 135. you know, I'm like, you know, just cause you can't bench 135 doesn't mean you're, you can't jump. You know, it doesn't yeah. mean that you can't get from a to B fast enough. And it's, I think that that mindset and the attitude needs to change a little, just a little bit yes. when they start out. And especially like with, um, that's the one big struggle working with uh, trying to get young athletes from high schools and stuff, because you got strength coaches that only believe in certain ways of, you know, the very, very old school way of trying to, and it's almost like bodybuilding versus trying to train an athlete. Um, I know there's a lot of times I get, you know, brand new athletes that come to me, you know, their parents found me and they're like, 
they want to train and then like the whole first month is a battle because they're trying to challenge what I know and what I'm trying to do. And they're like, oh, mm. I think I need to do this. You know, what I used to do is I used to just go in the gym. I do 135, then I do 185, and then I do 225. I'm like, all right, cool. That's fine. But do you want to get to 315 eventually, or do you want to stick with just constantly just doing, you know, the same thing over and over? Like every time you come to the gym, you think you're going to do one more rep or you're going to do a little bit more weight. I mean, yes, you're going to get strong that way, but that's very random. Um, and it's actually funny because the podcast that I dropped for Next Level Fit today actually talks about how we program um, because it does go through phases. Uh, like I literally sit there and look at a calendar and I'm like, I got 12 weeks and this is what I want to do. And then I'm going to do four weeks of an off period. Then I'm going to do another 12 weeks. And it's in a cycle, it's cycle training. You know, just like we were talking about, you do undulating training and then you do uh, a dynamic effort for four weeks or tempo or try physic training type deal, you know. Yeah. Um, so it, there's so many different styles out there. Just use them. You don't need to overload your body every single day, every single week, back to back, you know. And some people are against deload weeks. Like, I love them. Like, every fourth <laughs> week, like, four, four oh my weeks God. get deload. If if anyone could have looked through, and those that have Olympic weightlifted, my God, my duck. So after my first twelve weeks, I'm going to tell you, um, there were a couple times I wanted to kill you. Um, <laughs> but man, when I started seeing those like three by threes at like sixty five percent, I was crying. I was so happy, <laughs> and I think that's one of those things, man. You 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 start to just get it's such a mental grind and you start just slamming through weight and then all of a sudden it goes from five by five to three by three and you go oh, it's over for a week and you're like yeah. i can have fun and work my technique and kind of still get warmed up but not die and the, i think yes. uh one of the big things is you don't have to walk out of the gym dead every time to get stronger faster or whatever no, no. And that's one of the biggest things, like, when I have um, new clients that come to my classes, they're like, oh, well, I went to this one gym, and we used to do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, did you ever reach your goals? No? Okay. Well, I'm going to show you how I'm going to do it, and I promise you you're going to reach your goal. Now, if you don't reach your goals with my training, it's probably because you eat like crap. Um, so, you know, that's another, you know, that's a, that's probably a whole other podcast <laughs> talk about. But nutrition, <laughs> nutrition is involved with this stuff as well, too. Um, so it's... It, I mean, it's a process. Let's put it that way. It's a process yeah. putting this stuff together. So we got about a uh, minute 15 left. Uh, you got any uh, closing words, advice for athletes, professionals, anything? Um, I mean, as far as athlete professionals or, you know, everyday people, uh, if you're out there training, make sure it's the training style that you want to train. Obviously, that's the first thing, because if you if you're not going to enjoy it, you're not going to do it long. So make sure whatever training style, and I'm not saying you need to come train with me, you need to come train with Ant, uh, but make sure your training is what you what you actually love and what you feel like is going to get better. Second, make sure you're training with somebody that is credible. <laughs> um, and then third, you know, bring a friend. You know, it, it, you know, it helps to bring, it, it helps to have uh, that camaraderie with other people that train, you know, when, when all the weightlifters are together and we all train, you know, sometimes we do have good or bad days, but like it, yeah. <laughs> helps, it helps when you have other people that are going through that same struggle as well. When you're an athlete, like you have all your girls that come in at certain times, it, it helps them when, okay, if my teammate is struggling on something, I can pick them up on that situation. And then 
or if, if one day I'm struggling with something, they'll pick me up. It, it, you know, it's a team effort. You're going to play together on a court. Might as well work out together. And Hang on one second. It's going to cut out.